with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where there's banters as ferocious as the Sun 17 game win streak. Man, we've been talking about it all month of November. We didn't think it was legit at the beginning, but it's definitely legit now after that win, huh? You know, when they were one and three, I made the comment that I wasn't worried about them, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting this direction to happen. Like, for them to have 17 games, for them to have that game against Golden State, like, everyone has to be proud of this Suns team right now, and you can't ignore them. Absolutely. Nobody is ignoring this team at this point. Golden State looking like the team to beat, but the Suns come out here with a no-loss November. Um, Not losing a single game in a month. That's very, very impressive to me. Um, absolutely wild from the Phoenix Suns to, to see that. But we're getting too far ahead of ourselves into the basketball, man. Um, look at you getting your football take right from last week. Even though I was telling you, you know, I would have picked the Texans, you got it right. You nailed it. Jets win 21-14. This may be the first time the Jets have not let me down when I've tried to make a take with them. So pretty happy about that myself. Did I believe it was going to happen I had to, right? It was my take. But, you know, they had a comeback win. You know, 21-14, pretty good score for them. And they had to come back in the second half to, to come up with that W. But I'm pretty happy for the Jets. Now, Matt, on to your end. New England, they're doing it for you, man. That team right now, there's so many questions. There's so many conversations to be had. Is it Bill? Was it Brady? Is Mac Jones the next Brady? Like, very interesting team, but... They roll Tennessee 36 to 13, my friend. Dude, it's kind of crazy how similar Tom Brady's beginning uh, of his career is to, to Mac Jones. They, I was looking at some numbers that somebody had up, and Mac Jones has actually had a better um, like completion percentage, yards per attempt, yards per game, all that kind of stuff. Their records are, I think it was like nine and three for Tom Brady through 12 games, and it's eight and four for Mac Jones. Um, it's kind of crazy how similar these two are and if bill belichick does it again man i said this on the show before and i'll say it again the whole dynasty of the patriots was due to bill belichick and tom brady might have to take a back seat which is crazy because he might still be the the goat of quarterbacks but he was molded and created unlike the other goats that we think of so absolutely wild but yeah they got the win man just like i thought the pair, you know, Belichick, Brady, they will forever be entangled regardless of the direction their careers go. And New England, they're 8-4 and four now after this W. Looking legit over here as the second best team in the AFC, technically speaking, Matt. It's kind of crazy. Absolutely, man. Uh, very, very crazy. Uh, didn't think Tennessee, you know was going to continue to win with Derrick Henry being out. That's that's the issue, and, and we both saw that happening. But, hey, you know, New England got the win. Mac Jones looking like a young Tom Brady. Uh, Bill Belichick's probably the GOAT. Mac Jones uh, today requesting the MJ10 trademarking, you know, TB12, MJ, MJ10. Just absolute oh. boss move trying to follow that GOATness. So it's it's pretty funny man uh the nfl is, is looking like a great place and and that game was definitely a shock for me i thought it was going to be a lot more competitive tennessee's roster top to bottom i thought was going to at least keep them in the game but didn't at all oh. sometimes you, you just can't be expected to have things happen but matt tampa bay they did it for you tom brady the goat the curse is dead question mark question mark like did did it finally happen or what's going on here 
hey man after eight weeks we finally got a number two team in my power rankings breaking through uh we're one and seven now in the last eight weeks for that number two team tom brady and those bucks didn't look like they were gonna win against the indianapolis colts the colts looked like they were gonna get another uh good win in their books uh trying to fight for their playoff lives but tom brady didn't even play that well leonard Fournette comes to his rescue you know seven rushing attempts for 100 yards three touchdowns uh seven receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown he had a fabulous wow. game uh the colts kind of leaned away from their strength in jonathan taylor as it's the buck strength uh the run defense um they almost had it though until carson Wentz kind of does some carson Wentz things they lose 31-38 to the Bucks, and the Bucks break the curse, man. Let's go. Now I'm not worried about putting anybody there. He, he says, but wait, wait till what we see in a few minutes' time. But it was kind of a wild week of football, you know? I mean, the Bills finally getting a bounce-back win. Like, my heart, you know, as a quote-unquote Bills fan at this point in time, like, at least they got a W. Dude, at least they got the W on Thanksgiving. Um, it was an absolute beatdown of a Saints team that I thought was pretty good, but they are 0 and 3 with Trevor, uh, Travis Simeon, Trevor Simeon, oh, whatever, uh, Simeon <laughs> at quarterback. Um, and they're going to taste some hell tonight against the Dallas Cowboys, who probably played the best um, Thanksgiving game of the week uh, last week uh, against the Raiders. The Raiders had a had a great win over them in, in overtime. Um, and I just want to mention Derek Carr as ha- having a phenomenal season and should be considered for the MVP. I know a guy on a six and five team with a seventeen to nine uh, TD interception ratio isn't going to win an MVP. But losing a coach, losing a young wide receiver, uh, yep. like true number one wide receiver on that team who was involved in a fatal car crash with another teammate. The guy's done nothing but put up numbers, 3,414 yards, 310 yards per game. Um, He's got a 67% completion percentage, a 97 passer rating, and it's just been a tumultuous season for the Raiders, but not for Derek Carr. And I think that has, like, speaks volumes to the type of player he is, the fact that he's doing so well in such a, a crazy environment. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome, you know, when you can get those type of stats. My favorite part about them getting the W, America's team loses for, like, the third year in a row on Thanksgiving. I just can't not laugh at that, honestly. And the third straight week, man. Those Cowboys were at the <laughs> top of everyone's power rankings and they have nicely slid down for most people. That's why they never made the top of mine. A team that did make the top of mine that has kind of slid down recently are those Baltimore Ravens. They got the ugliest ugliest win on sunday night football against those browns 16 to 10 lamar jackson threw four interceptions and couldn't do anything but baker mayfield is a little bit too banged up to actually get uh take advantage of those turnovers and and get anything out of it so they end up losing 16 to 10 those brownies man i thought they were going to be a playoff contender a super bowl contender but they've been on an absolute spiral it's just not their season, but also isn't that just the story of the Browns every year at this point in time for the last little while? They haven't had back-to-back winning seasons since like the '80s, man. And this was supposed Oof. to be the year. This was supposed to be the year that they won more than one playoff round. They beat the pack or the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers last year in in a, the yeah. first round, and it's just not it's not looking good for them this year, man. Ugh, too bad. Another team that it's not really looking good for who also is all in are those LA Rams. 
they're just built on superstars, which has never really worked in the NFL. Um, I remember a few years ago when the Philadelphia uh, Eagles built a super team around Michael Vick. Vince Young was the backup quarterback, and he was talking about all the all-stars that they had. And they had a pretty bad season with Chip Kelly at, at head coach. And, and the Rams are kind of falling apart since trading for Vaughn Miller and adding Odell Beckham. Um, they're, they're just not playing up to snuff. And that game, I know the Packers only won 36-28, but it was a lot more of a beatdown than the score indicates. Uh, the Rams made it close kind of at the end there, but the Packers really controlled most of that game. It was pretty impressive. I mean, this is definitely not the direction that a lot of people thought this team was going to go after picking up talent, after adding to your roster. Like, is it just there's too many cooks in the kitchen? Is it chemistry issues? Like, at this point, it's just a struggle for the Rams. Yeah, I think they're just too finesse in a, in a football league where, you know, it's hitting football it's contact it's a physical sport um they try to be too cute with their trick plays um matthew stafford for all the the marvel that everybody has at his arm talent he never did anything in detroit um and again it's following him to to the rams so was he really that much of an upgrade over over matthew or over jared goff nobody really knows um and it's it's not looking like it at this point so yeah those poor rams man they're gonna have to get it together because uh if we're going to go to my top 10, man, they fell out this week. I, I could have put them in at number 10, could have put the Bengals in at number 10, but I actually went with the Raiders um, because of my, my feelings for Derek Carr and the fact that their season has been so tumultuous. The fact that they're getting through this season with a winning record proves to me that they have a really good roster. Um, to be able to come together and put all the bad things that are happening behind them and eat, each week come out and perform is just impressive to me. And, and they've got to come in at number 10 for, for that feat alone. Um, coming in at number nine, a team that, that is falling down the rankings. They lost their best player in Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans, um, getting beat down by the New England Patriots. I still think they're a really good roster, but again, they're looking like the team that, that lost to the Jets and the Houston Texans more like more than the team that went 7-0 against playoff teams this year. So they're coming in at 9. Um, another slider in the Cowboys. They lost to the Raiders. They're coming in at 8. Uh, I still think they've got a really good roster. I'll wait for all of them to be healthy. They, they're missing their top two wide receivers and, and uh, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. So you, you can't judge them too hard too quickly. Uh, they're, they'll stay at number eight, but if they lose to the Saints tonight, it'll be uh, all mayhem for them. I mean, Cowboys fans are in shambles right now, and another loss, especially with the story of the Saints right now. Oh, man, I wouldn't want to wake up and have to try to still be a Cowboys fan after that. Oh, man, yeah, those Cowboys and their fans, uh, they need this win tonight. I think they'll get it. I, I'm pretty sure they'll get it, but I'm not a betting man myself, so I wouldn't put any money down on it. Uh, Buffalo, man, they absolutely stomped those Saints that we just talked about. Uh, they come in at number seven, getting back into those power rankings, uh, trying to climb up. They could still make the AFC Championship game, you know, maybe beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I doubt it. Um, a team that might have something to say about it, those, uh, those Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, like, despite the fact that he threw four INTs, he's coming off, um, you know, cold. He missed the week before uh, with, mm -hmm. like, symptoms, non-COVID related. But he had a bad game, and they still won. They're missing some of their, their top players and Marcus Peters uh, and uh, their running backs. So if they can even get some of them for the playoffs, which I don't think is, is a 
likely possibility, but it, it could happen. And Lamar figures it out. This team could be very scary. Um, the second best team in the AFC right now, though, has got to be the New England Patriots. They absolutely crushed Tennessee. They've been beating some pretty good, um, pretty good teams in Tennessee and Cleveland, but both of them are kind of sputtering. Um, and then the the other wins that they've gotten along this win streak have come against some of the also rans of the NFL. So I'm not ready to put them up with like the the elite elite, but top five is pretty good, man. Um, Green Bay Packers absolutely crushed the Rams. Team yeah. that I'm really scared of. Could easily win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan at the moment, but the guy's winning, so what can you say? Um, he's he's the just, I guess the physical goat. Too bad yeah, he's got no st- statistics or championships. You can't fault him, but at the same time, like, come on, dude, like, just get the W. At least Apparently, he's like blaming point. coaches now for leaking out medical issues and stuff like oh, that. No. I don't know. The guy's like turning on his own team. You guys are the, one of the best teams in football, and you want to leave. For a better situation, I don't know if you're going to find a better situation, man. Uh, Green Bay is, is known to be a football city and, oh, yeah. and pretty historic in terms of their football, but yeah, that's just my football's opinion. Like, football's like a religion there, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then a team that has the religious idol right now, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes coming in at number three. Um, they were on a bye week last week. I can't move them up, can't move them down. I think they're they're good right where they are. They're they're playing this week. We'll see if they can get the win over Denver. Um, I'm hoping they can. Tampa Bay, they broke the curse, so I'm keeping them at number two. Let's see if they can go back to back in in the cursed spot. I'm thinking they can. Tom Brady, you know, trying to get that team on a roll before the the Super Bowl. So let's see it happen. And then Arizona, they're on a bye week. They're two and one with Colt McCoy. They got the best record in football. How am I? How am I taking Arizona out of the top spot? I'm just I mean, the top three. Thinking about how Matt wants the world to work makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. You know, we'll see if Brady can do it again. We'll see if that team is capable. And I mean, I expect the Chiefs to get a W. I expect Arizona to to keep on flying. Like, how can you not put them up there? Yeah, exactly right. And then we got the games of the week 13, man. That Denver Kansas City game. It's a big divisional game um they just beat the chargers denver did and and casey's coming off that bye week can patrick mahomes put it back on track and and get the the distance between denver here um the speaking of that division the chargers are going to be in a fight with the cincinnati Bengals this week you got the sixth overall pick from last year versus the number one overall pick burrows versus herbert two of the young up-and-coming quarterbacks gotta love to watch it um the Giants versus Miami, I think, is going to be a good, bad team game. Uh, Joe Judge has got that team playing better of late since Jason Garrett's been fired. They just beat the Eagles, who I think are sneakily, sneaky and underrated. Um, Miami won four straight after being one and seven, after losing seven straight games of one four in a row. Uh, can they make it five? Um, yeah. The Saints versus the Cowboys, I think, is going to be a good game. Uh, can Taysom Hill give that team a jolt? And uh, can the Cowboys get back on track? But the game that I'm really the most excited for this week and I think is going to be an absolute banger is New England versus the Buffalo Bills. For the AFC East crown, it's the first matchup of the two. I think they play two in the next three weeks or something. Wow. Um, Can the Bills right their ship? I know that they did last week, but keep it on track and beat New England. And can New England keep it rolling? I'm interested to see this one because can Mac Jones solidify himself as a top quarterback, as a young goat-esque Tom Brady, or is he just Mac Jones? 
We'll see. It's it's the best story of the week. Let's be honest. That matchup has to be the best story of the week. It's the one that you and I are most invested in. You know, I still I would like to go through. Fans. I mean, I mean, at this point, right? It's 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 just exciting. Everyone waits for, it. and it's Monday Night Football. You know, it's the one game. So everybody's waiting for. We've had the fun of Sunday, and it's it's time for the matchup, right? So it's gonna be good. Yeah, absolutely. Great spotlight game for this week. So pretty pumped up about it. Um, if you want to go through the NHL real quick. I mean, it was a cleaning house week for the Montreal Canadiens. They got rid of Mark Bergevin, Trevor Timmons, and Paul Watson, um, the head of communications for the team. Uh, Trevor Timmons spent 17 years with the Montreal Canadiens as their head scout. Um, he made some great draft picks, made some very poor draft picks. And I think the fact that, you know, over the nine-year tender that tenure that Bergevin had, he had three top three picks, three third overall picks, or two of them, and not one of them still plays for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he's had some other high-end picks that he's traded away. Um, it was just time to get a, a new change, and, and we'll see what happens here. Um, but I think my nightmare is happening, Kevin. I think uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And um, all the Montreal fans that are getting in, like, oh, well, we went to the Cup last year. We see, we've seen a Cup in our lifetime. Huh? I think, like, all that negative energy oh, like that's no. being spit out is going to come back and bite us in the butt at the end of the year, and the Leaf fans are going to get the last laugh and say, yeah, we've got the parade this year, though. It's okay. Hope, hopefully, Matt, you know, the, the classic, those feelings that you have and also the ridiculousness of the Toronto Maple Leafs never winning can, like, come together. The Leafs can make it to the finals and then get swept out. You know, that can make everybody happy, maybe. <laughs> Bro, I don't even want them to win a round, but it, they're probably going to win it, so. <laughs> hey, well, yeah. you know, first, first round struggles in the Maple Leafs. We've seen it before, but at this point, probably not. I don't know at this point, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is what it is. Um, and that is the NHL. I, there's a lot of good storylines going on right now. Um, a lot of interesting ones, but those are the, the main highlights for me. And until football season ends, that's that's when we'll really dive in the NHL. Matt's trying to be happy and enjoy the sports that he's talking about. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna focus football, we're gonna focus basketball, hockey, you'll still be around in a couple of months, so no rush on you exactly. Exactly, man. We're good to go to basketball. What you want to talk about? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about some injuries this week because it seems like every team has somebody fallen over a problem, this, that, or the other thing. But that's okay because there's definitely a lot going on in the NBA. We're kind of hitting that twenty to twenty-five game mark where you almost really know what your team is gonna be throughout the season. So that's why it's hard when we have to bring up these injuries. First one. I like to talk about would be Jalen Suggs, you know, our potential draft pick that we almost had. The guy has a broken thumb. It's a fracture in his right thumb, basically. Thankfully, not going to require surgery. They don't know his timeline, so he's going to be evaluated every two weeks. But it's the Magic. The Magic are in a weird place, and, and missing a guy like Suggs is going to be a big deal. And if he's out for four, six, eight weeks, like, it's going to be a problem absolute problem uh you know he was having a pretty solid rookie season um and the magic they're not going anywhere so it's not too bad for their for them as a franchise right like it's probably going to help them in terms of draft positioning but yeah you you would like to see him continue his his development and, and getting better each and every single game so that's tough for him to to miss some time with that um yeah just sad to see it man I mean, we don't want injuries for first-year players. We want them to come in and have the opportunity to play 
out the games and, and, and come in, right? And I think about how Jaw, right? Jaw at his third year now, third year player. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we lost to the Grizzlies without a Jaw Morant. Let's bring that up really quickly and be sad about it. But, like, the guy is going through some knee sprain issues. Thankfully, he's not going to be out for the season. There is no timeline. It's going to be at least a couple of weeks. But it's tough, right? Like, John Morant was on an absolute tear this season, going off in the MVP conversation, and he will be sorely missed for the next few weeks. What makes me really nervous about the jaw injury is he he reminds me a lot of Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose Prime in terms of being so springy and athletic for his size. Um, yep. And Derrick Rose's knees and... Jaws knees. I I hope that it's not the same case here, um, but that's that's kind of where it's no, leading. I hope they it. take a better approach. Yeah, hopefully. Like, well, hopefully it's a learning lesson, and, and medical staffs can see this and be like, "Hey, let's not let it become this." But at the end of the day, the good news is is that he's not out for the season. Now, flipping over to another issue, Joe Harris. He's going to be out. What? four to eight weeks he just went through ankle surgery on his left ankle apparently he had a small bone particle just like stuck in there and like i know what that feels like and it's not fun so like hopefully joe is going to be good and can come back and shoot threes for this great brooklyn team yeah um he wasn't having a great season though anyways uh he was a little off um maybe the ankle the ankle was having something to do with that maybe he was fighting through it um, just didn't want anybody to know, but yeah, hopefully he can get back. The Brooklyn Nets are chugging along anyways, uh, looking like the juggernaut that everybody anticipated that they would be. James Harden's finally figured it out since uh, the rule changes, and Kevin Durant, man, just Kevin Durant. So they don't really need Joe Harris. So, but it's always nice to have more shooting. I mean, that's the whole. His whole job is to shoot threes, and he wasn't doing that very well. So hopefully, coming back from surgery, fixing something in his foot. Hopefully that will, you know, solve that issue. But now we have to talk about Zion now because apparently there was a tiny report that just came out right before we started this. It is Thursday. He has a bit of a setback in his rehab. And, you know, it's hard because we want to see Zion play. The guy had a fantastic sophomore season last year. And the Pelicans could really use Zion about now. Absolutely could they use Zion about now, man. Um, I'm pretty sure they're turning it on a little bit. You know, they've won some games recently, uh, getting out of the basement of that Western Conference like they've been in for most of the year. But, uh, man, lo- getting that kind of news today, like, that's just heartbreaking. Um, like, I want to see Zion play, man. I thought they were going to be good this year, and I'm just getting absolutely laughed at by by the fates that be, man. The basketball gods just are joking about me right now. They're just not having it for you, man. But yeah, hopefully it's not too much of a setback. Hopefully he can come back and and everything will be good. Now, Matt, if you didn't see Carl Anthony Towns last night and the fall that he took on this dunk, you need to go watch it after because he basically like accidentally swings to try to not fall, but then lets go and just like smacks down directly on his back. It is painful to watch. Thankfully... He's apparently okay. The x-ray came back negative, you know, but like when a big guy like that falls directly on their back, ooh, man, everybody is always worried. Those moments are so scary, man. I'm so glad that he's okay, especially with Cat, who has been known to be injury prone in his career. That's a really good sign because Minnesota, man, in the playoffs this year so far, 
they're in that hunt, so I'd like to see them make that that extra stride this year. Uh, exactly. I have a lot of hope for Minnesota. I mean, there's been enough joking around about this organization. Carl Anthony Towns is too good to not get to play postseason ball. Now, switching over to the East, let's talk about another center. we got to talk about Bam, because the Heat have kind of slowed down a little bit, and part of that does have to do with the fact that Bam's been dealing with a torn ulnar palateral ligament in his right thumb. I'm proud of myself there. I think I, I think that, that rolled impressive. off the tongue. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. But so like, they're gonna miss him, and Bam is an absolute core cog to the way that that system runs in Miami. And I mean, they took a hard L against Cleveland the other night. Cleveland won for the first time in like 20 games against Miami in in the past however many years. So Bam is going to be missed for sure. Absolutely, Bam is gonna be missed. Um, that Miami team is is doing pretty well. I mean, they had like a, a decently rough week going one and two. Uh, they did beat the Bulls, but losing to the Cavs and Nuggets, not not the best. But yeah, missing Bam is going to be huge for them, especially when they traded Precious to us. They kind of depleted some of that backup center position that they had. So we'll see what they can do, but they still got some great players in Jimmy Butler. They've got uh, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson had a funny stat line the other night. You see that? He was like all of 7, all of 6 from 3. He had no points, no rebounds, no assists, no nothing. Like he had an 0 for stat line. So that wasn't great. But I still believe in him as a player. I think he can turn it. Yeah, what I've been hearing from Heat fans is that Tyler Hero is back to being, you know, what they thought he was. And Duncan Robinson just like fell off a cliff and can't shoot the ball this season. But again, shooters shoot. So... The status quo would say that he's going to figure it out if he is a shooter. We've seen Duncan there. Robinson. That's it. We've seen him do some ridiculous things and shoot some pretty epic Catch shots. So I, you can't be that worried about him. But if we go another 10, 15, 20 games and nothing changes, that's when you start pulling the panic Word. fire, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, there are so many injuries this week. Yep. It's just so sad to talk about. Uh, you want to talk about Lillard and his abdominal strain? Or Booker and his hamstring. I mean, both of them are worth bringing up. Lillard, I want to bring up just for the fact of the matter that, like, Portland is 11-11. Lillard has not looked good. Our boy, Norman Powell, has been playing lights out good for this team. I know Matt knows because he's got him on his fantasy team. Of course he does. Um, no, no, I do not. Oh, I thought you no. did. Oh, well, never mind. Someone else is uh, benefiting because I was going to pick up Norm, but he's not available. But, you know, this... This team is going to miss Lillard, even though he's been playing poorly. Like, at the end of the day, Damian Lillard has been stepping up compared to the beginning of this season because he came out shooting awful. Everyone was saying it. The media was saying it. And he's been playing better now. But, you know, an abdominal strain, he's going to miss at least 10 days. Hopefully it's not a big deal because I want to see Portland continue playing. I like this team. I like when they have success. But they're just... They just don't have enough talent, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think they have enough talent outside of Dame Lillard. Um, and you're right, he's had an off season, so hopefully um, they don't miss him too much. But I don't. I think they're gonna miss him, man. Because you say like he's having an off season for his standards. That's still 21 and a half points, almost eight assists, and four rebounds a game. So like, those are all star level numbers. Just because he's having an off year by Dane standards doesn't mean it's an off year by NBA standards. So they're definitely going to miss his production. Um, Booker's going to keep playing, though. Is he not, or is he just going to miss, like, one game? I don't know, because it only happened yesterday, right? It yeah. happened in second quarter. There's not a ton of information about it. Um, they say he's dealing with soreness, 
Um, he's gonna. Uh, I think they're saying that he might miss multiple games, so you know, a couple games just to be safe. Mm-hmm. So, the Suns streak m- might be coming to an end pretty soon. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's gonna end against the Detroit Pistons in the 18th game. <laughs> They'll probably get their fair franchise breaking all time record. Um, but yeah, not having Devin Booker is gonna hurt, but probably not in that Suns or in the um, Pistons game there. <laughs> a, a real sad one, man. That we've been talking about, I guess, now for two weeks as more and more info is coming out about it. But MPJ back surgery out for the entire season saying some major nerve damage is this gonna be a big regret for the nuggets it's hard it's because it it very melt like it just might well be at the end of the day like this team like they are struggling with injuries and mpj specifically that back like this guy had so much potential there were so many people talking about him and now his back is once again stopping him, plateauing him at a point where he was stepping up for this team. He was playing lights out good. Like, MPJ was supposed to be the star to hold this team with Jokic until Murray came back. And now he's gone. They've got Austin Rivers and Bones Highland that just went into protocols. By the way, Matt, Bones Highland, this rookie of that team, has been playing lights out good. I haven't watched enough Nuggets games, but I've been hearing fans raving about this kid. I I haven't seen that many Denver Nuggets games, so I don't know much about him. I just I hear that he's like supposed to be. Um, he's just been playing really well, and he's been you know helping with the absence of Murray. But I just I feel for this Nuggets team, right? Like you can't absolutely. Not f- feel for them they're two of their three main players are not playing the rest of the season basically they're dealing with injuries i'm pretty sure Jokic has missed four games right with injuries as well like yeah i wanted this team to succeed this year i've wanted it for years the past years because you know maple curry i love Jokic. i love a lot of players on this team there's so many reasons why i want to see them succeed in the postseason and just another year where it's probably not gonna happen matt it makes me sad it just makes me sad yeah it's it's a wasted year of uh Jokic's prime really too is, is the sad thing um the nuggets getting into protocols um the bulls having Derek white in protocols now the lakers and lebron in protocols Ugh, like it's just there's stuff going around the league there's stuff going around in the nfl too a lot of those players are missing uh, or coaches are missing because of NF- or COVID protocols. It's just kind of the world that we're living in now, my friend. Um, the Lakers though have been figuring it out of late. Uh, they're on a two-game winning streak. They're they're back into the playoffs. Um, do you think that they can actually go on a run to win the NBA championship, or do you think that they're just like the playoffs is their ceiling? I've lost the faith that I had at the beginning of the season because we were pretty confident. I was pretty confident. Like, LeBron James is LeBron James. Anthony Davis, we, we were joking about his fantasy stats, right? And how he's he's shooting so poorly and he's still a top 15 fantasy player because of everything that he provides and what he can do on the court. And Westbrook is supposed to get better throughout the season as he figures out his teammates. We were missing shooting between Monk and Bazemore, I believe it was. And, you know, they're figuring it out. I've lost my confidence that I had at the beginning of the season. Do I still think they could make a run? Of course. It's LeBron James. 
It's LeBron James. You don't not bet against him, even though he's now 36 and father time is definitely showing up this season. And he's only played 11 of 23 games so far. And he's going to miss at least, you know, two or three more unless negative tests, whatever. But, like, it hurts me, you know, when we're seeing the end of a juggernaut of a prime of LeBron James. And we're going to question it every year with a team if he can do it still. That's just how it is. I just, I think it's over for them at this point, man. I think you're right. Father Time has caught up to LeBron. AD is playing like a perimeter short player instead of the 6'11 freak that he is. And they're just, yeah, they're they're not as good as, as, they, um, as their potential would allow you to believe. Um, I was reading this, this funny meme the other day about a, a 36-year-old leading his team in year 17 to the best record in the NBA in a 17-game win streak. And it's not LeBron James. It's Chris Paul, man. CP3, um, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember three years ago when the Houston Rockets had to include draft picks just to get rid of him to OKC. And now he's considered the best point guard in the NBA and, and one of the, the all-time leaders of this team. Like, So it's, it's wild to think. Um, but the Lakers are just misconstructed, and they're just not good enough. I think the, the Phoenix Suns would destroy them. I think Utah would beat them. I think um, there, are, there are a plethora of Western Conference teams that would have their number. So it's sad. It is a little painful, right? And, you know, to talk about the Phoenix Suns a little more, because I'm done with injuries, I'm done with protocols. We could mention the fact that the Heat and the Bulls lost their second rounders for Lowry and Lonzo, but, like, unless you're the... Unless you're the Milwaukee Bucks, nobody cares because the Milwaukee Bucks lost the second rounder and they lost out on on Bogdanovich. But like, you know, that's what's gonna happen when you make bad deals. Anyways, the Suns and the 17 game streak, Matt. They're going up against Golden State for a rematch after they hopefully can just top all over the Pistons. They're great, and you know, I think about you know that series against Golden State when Chris Paul was on the Rockets with James Harden. When he went down with an injury, when they were leading in the series against Golden Three, State, two. Yeah. and and I and I imagine the world that exists, you know, the alternate reality that exists when Chris Paul wins that series and the Rockets go on to maybe win the championship, right? Like everything changes, and for Chris Paul to have to go through that dip that he's gone through to now be back and in the right situation with the right team around him, with young kids that are willing to follow him through the gates of hell. Like, I'm happy for him, and I hope that they have the opportunity to have a good playoff run and get back to the finals even, get back to at least, you know, the conference finals because he deserves it, honestly, and, and Booker deserves it, and Aiden especially with the contract situation deserves it, and I hope for these Phoenix Suns that they can continue. You know, it's going to be tough, especially if Booker is going to miss games, but, you know, can you bet against them, Matt? 17 games, right? Like, it's pretty wild. They were in the, the NBA Finals for a reason last year. Uh, they lost to a otherworldly star in Giannis, so not, not no shame there. I've got the Phoenix Suns, man, at the top of the Western Conference, top of the NBA. But I still have Golden State right there. Golden State losing that game. It was a very tightly contested game. They don't have Klay Thompson. Steph Curry has the worst shooting career of his night. Yes, Mikhail Bridges has a, has a large portion to deal do with that. But I don't think it's repeatable every single night night in night out so i think gs would have a chance at, at them in a, in a seven game series and i think that's the western conference finals that we're all looking at 
And if you think about GS, they're returning to that pre-dynasty form or that dynasty form. You think about the, the 14, 15, 15, 16 seasons all the way to 18, 19 when we won our championship over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, they were like 20 and 0 in 15, 16, lost in the finals, 18 and 2 in 14, 15. Uh, 17 and 3 and 16 17 15 and 5 and 17 18 and won all those finals they were 18 and 2 to start this year 18 and 3 now um like are they going to win the finals again my money's on you know good chance steph curry is also shooting almost 52 percent when somebody's contesting him within four feet he is a worse percentage when there's nobody within four feet of him that means he's enjoying when you guard him like it's just He's absolutely otherworldly, and GS and Phoenix are clearly, clearly the best teams in the NBA, and I don't think it's that close. I mean, Utah, if they finally figure out how to play in the playoffs, maybe, but that is a very hard, hard maybe at the end of the day. Like, you know, I I just don't see it. I'm looking down this Western Conference, you know. Dallas exists, the Grizzlies exist, but not in a seven-game series. The Lakers can't prove it. I mean, Paul George and the Clippers, looking good, but without Kawhi, I'm sorry. I I can't have you go further in the playoffs. The Blazers we've talked about, Timberwolves we've talked about, the Nuggets are in the 10th seed right now. And then below that, I don't even need to mention any of the teams because they're probably not making the playoffs. It's insane that we are talking about the Suns as they are and Golden State as they are. And Clay Thompson isn't even back yet. Like, I cannot wait to see the rematch that, like, there's, because I know that Golden State Phoenix are playing in a couple days or tomorrow, whenever it's going to be, but there has to be a rematch in the new year for these teams when Clay is healthy. It's got to be on the schedule somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I will be booking that game off so I can watch it because it will be most likely the Western Conference Finals preview. Absolutely. And, I mean, the the Suns have been absolutely streaking lately. And the other team in the NBA that's that's kind of on a mini streak, it's less than half of what the Suns have. But Milwaukee, man, um, they're on an eight-game winning streak. They were 6-8, and eight, now are 14-8. and eight. Um, they're, they're going hard. Uh, the team that beat Phoenix, and I, I honestly think that Phoenix and Golden State are still cut above Milwaukee and Brooklyn, which is nuts to think because those are the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you got Washington at 14 and 8 too, and they went 3 and 1 this week with wins over the Thunder, Mavs, and Minnesota. Uh, but I, I don't trust the Wizards. Like, I trust Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, I'd even have Chicago in there too. You know, when you got a guy like DeMar DeRozan who breaks a Michael Jordan record for points in first 16 games with the, with the organization. Like, you've got some players there, and, and I've got track record with Chicago players that I like, like yeah. DeMar's history, Lonzo, we know, Levine, we know, Vucevic, we know. Um, so I, I put those teams at the top of the East, but I still think Golden State and Phoenix are just head and shoulders above those teams. We're, we're going to break it down more and more. Like, I think about the fact that, like, two, three weeks ago, you and I were chatting about how, like, the Raptors and the Bucks have a similar record, but we're not worried about the Bucks. We're worried about the Raptors. Well, here we are, all of these weeks later, and you know, proven point, proven right. Like at, at the end of the day, and you know, the East is such an interesting pot. Like you mentioned that you know Atlanta has started to figure themselves out. Boston is you know a positive team. The Hornets are 
just missing out. The Knicks are in a weird place. Philly is in an even weirder place. Like, the East is a crazy toss-up. Well, it's an absolute crazy toss-up. You think about all those teams that are above 500 and not even in the playoffs right now, the Knicks and, the, and Charlotte. Uh, Philly's at 500. We're just a couple games below. Um, and then, you know, Boston, Atlanta, Cleveland, Miami, all tightly packed in there. It's a tight, tight Eastern Conference this year with a lot of good teams. Um, and it's just going to be about who can really find their identity and grab hold of it. Um I don't know if you want to keep talking about the Eastern Conference. I'm down to keep talking about Raptors because I'd like to go into some Raptors chat and talk about why I think our team isn't going to make the playoffs unless we make the necessary changes. Because through our identity, we have issues that you and I have identified. And the major issue kind of stems to Pascal Siakam and the order in which we, we utilize our players in a hierarchy. And he is trying to jump the hierarchy and say that, you know, I'm the senior. I've been here the longest. I have the championship experience with the Raptors. I've been paid the mega contract, so I am that guy. But he is 2-9 and nine in the 11 games that he's played this year. We are 7-4 and four without him in the other 11 games that we played this year. He's the issue. He is the issue. He is a major, major factor. He's a, a serious issue. I, I wonder where it all like boils down to because is it a combination of Pascal taking shots? Is it a combination of Nurse trying to run more plays for Siakam to get him to his point where he is normal, where he's doing his thing? Because like if you're a box score watcher right now, you look at some of the games that Pascal's putting up and you're like, oh, he's back to normal Pascal. And, like, uh, even me right now, because I've been missing games recently with the ski season starting and, you know, I'm on the hill all the time, I try to make sure that I'm not just a box score watcher. And Pascal may look like he's figuring things out, but it's the it's the defensive effort that really kills me inside. Because two, three years ago, Pascal and Fred were these two young studs that were coming up in our organization, and they cared so much about defense. They've worked so hard to be that benchmark, those benchmark leaders, right? The the time they put in in the G League, all of that. And I look at Fred's like plus fifty four, and Siakam's like minus seventeen in their plus minus right now. I look at Fred's hustle, and like Matt knows that like I get mad watching Fred play sometimes. He put up a tw- he put up twenty one points. He put up twenty six points, and he had like a ten twenty one game it's just what fred does but at least he has the effort right you look i talk about gary trent and all the effort that he's put in pascal looks lost at times he looks like he's just hanging out waiting not active on defense a shot goes up somebody else will get the rebound we have a rebounding problem slightly on our team pascal we can't afford this so it hurts me inside matt to see this out of this kid who at one point in time cared so much about this team and now there's way too much I that comes out of his mouth in the interviews that he does these days. Dude, I've been saying it for a, a year now that he's he's a him guy. He's not a team guy. He's worried about his stats, him looking like the, the king of the hill, him looking like the best player on our team. And a lot of the time in our games, it looks like he's waiting for his turn. Um, oh, this play isn't for me. Oh, this uh, defensive scheme, I am, I'm not the, the, the primary defender. I can kind of slack off here then. I'm not going to give full effort. I'm not going to, you know, make a hard cut to pull a defender's eye so that the ball can go somewhere else for the assist. Like, he, 
is too worried about his own game and not worried enough about the team game and it's affecting him he makes poor decisions because he's he's hunting for him and he's not hunting for the win um it's just it's just been a big issue um i i would love to see him traded uh if we could get a guy man if we could get jv for one for one who quietly has been so underrated this year uh reading a stat that he and steph curry are the only guys with 35 plus points 10 plus rebounds and seven plus three pointers made in a single game like absolutely unreal i take a guy like jonathan isaac i take jared jackson jr i take you know miles turner sabonis there's a list of guys that i would take ahead of siakam um i just don't think we can get him at this point because his value so low uh, two two things I want to touch on there. The first, JV, the monster, career high, thirty nine points, shot seven for seven from three in the first half of a game earlier this week. Please come back. We miss you, JV. Oh my gosh, we miss you so much. The championship was worth it, but we miss you. Anyways, was worth point, it, but now you know why I'm sad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Matt, so second point that I want to bring up: the major thing that you have shown there is the thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the year. We still have a center problem, especially when Ken Burch misses eight games and OG Ananobi. Who, Matt, he's our second best center, let's be honest. It's OG. He is. Cam is our best <laughs> full-time center. OG is the best backup. Precious has his moments, but he has been poor as well. And Pascal just... On the offensive end especially. Exactly. Pascal just, he just doesn't have it right now. So missing those two players while also trying to run Pascal back into you know everything has killed us. Do I think that we have a 500 record or above if we had OG and Cam for those games? Yes. Maybe. I think it's possible. I think it's definitely more likely than where we are now. But at the same time, with the way that Pascal's been going off and, you know, up and down and Nurse trying to figure out his rotations, it's painful inside, especially when I look at Scotty and I look at this kid who needs to be the rookie of the year conversation right now. Like, he has games where he puts up 17 points and he shoots nine times, puts five of them in, you know? The other, the other night against the Grizzlies, the guy had three three-pointers. Against the Celtics, he had four three-pointers. Like He almost pulled us back in that Celtics game when Pascal was missing layups at the rim. Scotty was draining threes. You know, like, it's the effort. It's, it's, it just hurts me, man, because, like, I want Barnes to be unlimited and have the potential to do what he needs to do. And Pascal is not going to let that happen. Ugh, man, you yeah. got me, dude. Pascal's stepping in his way, Ben. Um, he He's kind of taking up too much oxygen in the room, considering we have a guy like Scotty Barnes, who in his rookie season at the ripe old age of 20 is averaging 15 and a half, 8, th- and 3 on like 48% shooting field goal percentage, 35% from deep, 73% from the line, 541 true shooting percentage. Guy's almost got a 20 per. Like he is he is an already an all-star level caliber player in his rookie season in his first 20 games and we need to unleash it. We don't need to stymie it. That is for sure. It would be really useful to get more playmaking on this team, but the hope is that we can create the inner playmaking through the chemistry that is built over these players playing together over the years, right? But I look at that Pacers game where we lost 31 to 17 in assists. I look at the Grizzlies game where we lost in steals, we lost in rebounds, we lost in offensive rebounds, we lost in assists, we lost in blocks, we lost in turnovers. Like, how do you win a game unless there are certain categories that you can be 
dominant at. And not even dominant at, just be that little bit better than the other team. Like, we have the effort, we have the hustle. There's just little things that are missing. The chemistry's not there, the lineup rotations aren't fantastic, and I'm just, it's been not great. I've been sad to watch Raptors basketball in the past two weeks, unfortunately. Like, it hurts to be a fan right now. It absolutely hurts, especially with the way that the season started, the hopes, the feelings that I had. Um, who knew that adding our best player to our team, quote unquote, would be this detrimental? Remember when we <laughs> had that seven and three star and we were talking about even without Siakam? Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep it that way. We uh, we got to get rid of the guy. We got to get get something back for him um, because at this point he's just he's not it. He's not what we need um we need somebody else in a role that will suit our organization better because we have an upgrade on siakam right now in barnes and siakam is not willing to let us use it so we gotta get rid of the guy and and also below barnes who is a great contract by the way we have feasible players to play the wing look with og with utah right like Svi has been great. Precious, if he doesn't Speed. have to play as many center minutes, right? Like, there's so many things. Uh, I do want to touch on the fact that uh, Drogic has left the team for personal reasons. He's out indefinitely. Whether that's something going on with his family, which if that's the case, like, I, I hope everything is well. Or if it's the, I'm not playing, I'm doing my veteran role, blah, 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 but there's other things that I can be doing. At the end of the day, at least the kids are getting more time to play right now. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I think it's a good thing for, for our young players because we need to find a viable backup point guard. Uh, Delano Banton's done a, done a serviceable job, not a great job. Same with Malachi Flynn. Um, but we've got to develop those guys and, and, and find out what we have in them because when Freddie comes off the court, we are a different roster, and it is not a good version of our roster, that's for sure. Man, I, I wish Fred was like six inches taller and then we could find a true point guard. Like, that would solve so many of our problems, honestly. Absolutely, but that's a fairy uh, land, man. That's a fairy <laughs> yeah, land. All right, so let's look ahead at the week that we got going on. Bucks tonight should be a fun, interesting L that we're going to probably take from a streaking team in Milwaukee. Uh, Wiz and OKC. Wiz at the top of the Eastern Conference, OKC at the bottom of the West. Uh, we do play well against the Wizards, so hopefully we can get their number. What are we, 1-1 one one against them this season? It is a Sunday game, though, and we historically suck at Sunday games, I'm pretty sure, so who knows? Yeah, who, who knows? Hopefully we can get that one, and then hopefully we can get a win over eight, OKC, have a 2-1 week. Uh, what, what, what is that, 11-14? and 14? Um, i take that. i take I would that. definitely take that after what we've been going through. Ugh, pain. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be more like a, a 10 and 15 week um, after. But, hey, man, if we can get to 10 wins, I won't complain too hard next podcast, I promise. I'm, I mean, I'm just hoping that Cam is back. Like, I want OG to take his time to be healthy. And, like, I think that if we just bring Cam back, if we get him back to be that solid center rotational player for us, I think some of our woes will go away, you know? I think about the Charlotte Hornets who have been faltering, right? Like, they have serious center problems. But, like, if you threw a JV and Nikola Vucevic onto that team, Matt, the Charlotte Hornets are terrifying to play against. You know what I mean? Scary. Absolutely right? scary. That kid long like, LaMelo ball. Jeez. Mm -hmm. and, and the Raptors were not quite there 
But like we are two, three years away from having that opportunity if the right cards are played, if the right players figure out what they're supposed to do, you know? So I'm not too sad because I know that there's still hope, but this season is slowly getting away from us, my man. It is very, very uh, quickly getting away from us. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the day, man, it stems from our biggest issue, which is our highest paid guy in Siakam. Uh, he's discontent. Our roster's discontent. And we've got to, we've got to move on from him at this point. It, it's uh, sad to say because he, you know, homegrown player. We picked him. Well, we developed him. We saw him become an NBA champion. But we got to let him go because at the end of the day, he's hurt. He's doing a lot more harm than good. And I want to see us win some games, man. I want to see Scotty develop. I love what I saw in OG in the first few games. Uh, Fred, Gary Trent needs more. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all for getting rid of Siakam. I've been on this train for almost a year and a half now. So sad. But can you can true. can you believe we're like the 24th ranked defense in the league right now? That's like that's the issue, man. We shouldn't right? Not with exactly. how long and, and switchy we are. I want to go back to that first week and a half where our basketball was beautiful. Everybody kind of knew what they were doing, and everyone in you know Canada was happy because that was good times, and we were playing. You know, top five, top ten defense. It's not happening. We were playing a team game, not a me game, not a you game, not a your turn, my turn. Um, It's what the Celtics have been able to figure out since Brown's return is they're playing more as a team, and we've gone away from. We're going to the – it's Siakam's turn. It's Freddie's turn. It's Trent's turn. It's it's OG's turn. Like, it can't be anybody's turn. It is who has the best opportunity within the play at that moment. And if it keeps coming up Pascal, we keep feeding it to Pascal. But if it doesn't, we have to go away from you. Even if it's 10 in a row, Siakam, and you really mm-hmm. want the shot, it's got to go away from you. And you even mentioned it last week that you like had seen small moments from Pascal in games where he has that realization and defers. But like Scotty almost always has that realization is always ready to defer gary trent knows his role he knows what is going to get him minutes on the court right like so yeah. i mean i feel like we've, we've beaten it enough at this point pascal whether you stay whether you go we just want better basketball at the end of the day yeah from you from our team from everybody all right kev <sighs> you got any mystic predictions hot takes for me um, I got a nice easy one. Uh, we already talked about it. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks coming in, coming into the to the Raptors' home and and beating us for their ninth straight win is is my call. Well, I, nice I mean, and easy. We know it's happening, so it's safe take. I'm, I have to go into this whole Golden State Phoenix thing. I can't not talk about it because it is all the rage right now. You know, before the Booker injury, I said if Phoenix can get through Golden State once they can get through and pass 20 wins in a row. With this Booker injury, though, I'm going to say it's stopping at 18. They're not going to win their 19th game in a row. Golden State will win the matchup against Phoenix coming up this week. Hi, man. That's a that's a pretty good one. Uh, GS ends the 18-game winning streak. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm going to stay up and watch that game tomorrow because um, it's the weekend, and I can't. Amen, dude. Amen. All right, well, got anything else this week? No, buddy. You're good to wrap us up.
Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.